We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Woo, that was that was pretty fun. The Timberwolves win 114-112 against the Portland Trail Blazers on the second game of back-to-back. And the Wolves are now 2-1 since the All-Star break. And really, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to put it other than just kind of the whole sort of vibe seems to be changing. You know, it's... It's hard to not say that Chris Finch's sort of claws are really starting to sink into this team. I mean, they're not only playing a different brand of basketball on both sides of the ball, but just kind of the way they're carrying themselves is different, which I guess is the simplest way to put it is that they just feel like they're being coached by by a different coach. And in the results column, at least since the break, you know, that's that's leading to higher lows, if that makes sense. And and then definitely higher highs. And, you know, I think tonight was was clearly the highest high this Wolves team has had all season. They didn't just deflate when their best player was getting removed from the game with double teams. I mean, instead of just, instead of deflating, they kind of thrived around Cat. And obviously the chief among them thriver, of course, was Anthony Edwards. I mean, man, Anthony Edwards, it's... It's probably not a coincidence that this team's best game of the year came on the back of their number one overall pick's best game of his career. I mean, Anthony Edwards legitimately looked like a dunking Luka Doncic tonight. He, he finished he finished the night with 34 points, 13 points of which came in the final seven minutes and 21 seconds of the game, which was actually after he returned from injury, and they really needed every one of those points. I mean, in just in a game where the Blazers were determined to take away Cat with aggressive double teams, it was a game where they needed Anthony Edwards to carry water if they were going to win. And 
and Ant delivered on on everything his detractors have been questioning. I mean, he shot 60% from two. He made 43% of his 14 threes. He punished the Blazers' defense by either attacking the rim or stretching the floor from deep. And and then also, I think this will kind of be brushed over because it wasn't a dunk or it wasn't a step-back three. But this also might have been his best defensive game of his career. This was the first game that Anthony Edwards has won for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Here's the kid talking about it after the game. And what, it was your hip that was hurting. We couldn't tell what, when you went down there. What what were you feeling and what kind of pain were you in when that happened? Well, at first it was my ribs and like I, my wind got knocked out. Then like once I tried to come back in the game, like my hip was killing me. Like if you was paying a close, paying close attention, like I was limping a little bit. Even when I shot the three on Melo, the sidestep, like I couldn't really move for real. That's why I kind of took those threes because I couldn't move. Like I wanted to get to the rim, but I couldn't really move. But I think, like, at, like, three-minute mark, it kind of stopped bothering me a little bit, so I kind of was moving. But right now it's hurting bad. Um, Kat was telling us that you were saying to your teammates in the fourth quarter that you wanted the shot, you wanted the ball. Um, can you take us through just what were you feeling in those moments, you know, going up against Dame and Mello and, and you know, in a big spot like that, knowing your team needed you to, 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 to get a win here? Uh. I'm the type of guy, man, I always, like, if, no matter if I'm playing good or bad, if it's time for, like, a big-time shot, I always want the ball, like, no matter what. Like, that's just who I am. But it just happened to me. It just happened to be a, a good game. And, you know, I was just telling him to give me the ball and get out of the way. I saw you do the the three off the dome. Um, is that for Mello or what? where did that come from? Yeah, that was for Mello because uh, I remember the first time we played him, he had a three on me doing that. So I kind of <laughs> tried to get back out. That's my boy, though. So I've got another Anthony Edwards comp for you all in light of those comments right there. I mean, in, is Anthony Edwards not kind of like Carmelo Anthony? Like, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, Thunder, Rockets, Blazers, Mellow, because I mean, I mean this as a compliment. But, like, back with the Knicks and Nuggets, Mellow was, Mellow's, he was used in those offenses kind of like as a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? It, it didn't matter what the situation was or who was guarding him. Carmelo could always get to his same shot if he chose to shoot it. And yes, obviously, you know, the whole Melo thing is well litigated. In many ways, that cost him that cost him shooting efficiency. But I don't know, this just kind of taps into like a, a growing frustration that I have just kind of in the whatever you call it, the NBA community. That you know, we're just leaning further and further into stats. And, and I mean, obviously you all listen to this podcast. I use stats all the time. I'm not saying stats are bad, but we've started to use stats without nuance, right? Like you're only a good three point shooter. If you shoot 40% from three, but we don't consider how you're getting to those threes because we treat all threes as equal when we know that's just not how it works. And we do the same sort of thing with points per possession, right? If you're not generating over 1.00 points per possession in, in a certain play type, then you're bad at it. But we don't consider enough that a post-up play type is one task for one player and a different task for a different player given, you know, the game is. Where are you getting your post-ups? When are you getting them? When are you getting your pick and rolls? Who is setting your screens? Who is spotted up around you when you come off the screen? We don't consider that nuance and volume players often get buried in that. We, we, use, we use these numbers as grades like it's a video game rating. And it's wrong because, like, literally, 
those numbers, 40% or point per possession, that doesn't acknowledge volume. I mean, sometimes we say it, we go, oh, he's shooting 34% on high volume. But most of the time, I mean, we, we kind of skip that. And I mean, here's the deal. In the NBA today, your team is shooting almost 100 shots per game. Or call it 80, 90, 100, somewhere in there. Part of the process is just taking those 90 shots. Yes, like in a vacuum, would it be good if a team could just have their best spot-up shooter, their J.J. Redick, who makes 40% of his catch-and-shoot threes, could you just get him to take all 90 of your shots? Of course, that would be better. But, I mean, good luck even getting 10 of those off in a game. So then someone has to take the other 90. I mean, the majority of possessions in basketball are not clean. And you find yourself with the ball in someone's hands with eight seconds left in the shot clock often. I mean, J.J. Redick isn't doing anything with the ball in his hands in a broken play scenario with eight seconds left on the shot clock. And that's, that's why it's important to have your Anthony Edwards, to have your Carmelo Anthony. That's where they come in. They don't shoot as good of a percentage, but part of that percentage is because they can get to their shot and get it off. So they're taking it at a higher volume. They're taking it in more difficult situations. That's the nuance. And that's that's currently where Edwards actually provides his most offensive value for the Wolves because obviously we've very much litigated Anthony Edwards' stats, his percentages. He's shooting 46% from two and 32% from three since Chris Finch became the coach. And that's actually an improvement. But the difference is Anthony Edwards can get to his shot. He's shooting 21 shots per game under Chris Finch. 21. Yes, those percent, the percentages are what they are, but we need to remember that Malik Beasley has only played in two of those eight games and that D'Angelo Russell has played in zero of them. Without those two players, there's a greater need for a guy on the floor who can go get to a shot when a shot needs to be taken. Edwards Edwards is your baseball's your baseball e- innings eater, and there's value in that. Not just him. I mean, a- across the league, every team needs that. Now, you know, is Ant even in that innings eater role? Is he taking the best shots in all of those situations? No, definitely not. There's a lot to iron out there. Does it make sense that that since Finch has been the coach, that Ant's taking 21 shots per game and that Cat's only shooting 17? No. There, there Again, there are certainly things to iron out here, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Ant isn't only shooting over Cat when he's taking those 21 shots. He's also shooting over... Jared Vanderbilt, Jake Lehman, and Ricky Rubio, who are the Wolves' other three starters right now. So, part of the time, and I needed to say this to myself, too, because I'm, again, I'm always coming on here, and I, you know, Ant shot uh, 4 13 from 2. Like, again, I mean, we got to ask ourselves, who do you want to have the ball in their hands with eight seconds left on the shot clock? Because that happens all the time. Do you want it to be Edwards, or do you want it to be Vanderbilt, Lehman, Rubio? Like, yes, you want it to be Cap, but that can't, that's the J.J. Redick thing. It just can't happen 90 possessions a game. Edwards provides that value simply in the fact that he can get that shot, and that's very similar to Carmelo Anthony. And if you're only grading players by their field goal percentage or their points per possession, you miss a big piece of the picture. You miss a big piece of what Anthony Edwards is. And here's Chris Finch talking about some of that after tonight's game. Hey, Chris, Ann talked about how we wouldn't be talking about the shots he was taking as much when he was knocking the ones down from outside. 
on a night like tonight, did you like the 14 three-point attempts? Did you like the way he got them? Did you like the looks that they were? Um, and as I guess is just a case of maybe he's starting to knock them down. Well, I mean, the threes we don't mind. It's the tough pull-up twos that, you know, we try to limit him to, particularly early in the clock. You know, late in the clock, you can always get to those things. And uh, he's done a better job of, you know, getting to the rim, and he's done a better job of taking threes. And a lot of his threes were catch-and-shoot threes, and, he, and then he, you know, felt the game, in, you know, in his bones a little bit, and then he was in a rhythm to make the tough step-backs. And uh, even those tough step-backs, he had good separation. Yeah, Go ahead, seems James. like a lot of games. Seems like a lot of games are kind of won and lost in the NBA by scoring wings who can kind of take things over late. Um, do you see that makeup in him, where maybe it's not going to be every night as a rookie, but just the ability to turn into that kind of guy as he moves on in his career here? I, w- I would think so. I mean, his ability to get downhill, you know, his comfort level of taking t- uh, taking clutch shots, you know, and as he, you know, as he obviously improves his outside game, um, I definitely think he could be a closer. Again, there does need to be a better balance struck between Cat versus Ant throughout throughout the whole game and also in clutch time too. And beyond that, it, it would be ideal if those two can really start playing off of each other. I mean, think about how we've seen that with Jordan McLaughlin and, and Nas Reed or other examples. I mean, Jalen Noel and Nas Reed the other night. That sort of that synergy where the way I go impacts the way you go with the next possession. Using one player's score... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the previous possession to open up the other player's shot in a similar situation the next possession. Anton Cat need to find that. He needs to not just be baton passing, but kind of I don't know, using that baton as a weapon for each other. And that's something, not just with Ant, that's something Cat has never really had throughout his career. And I, I want to talk about that. I want to, I want to get into that, but first we're going to take a break. All right, let's semi-shift the conversation away from Anthony Edwards and talk a little bit about Cat, specifically next to Ant. Tonight, only nine shots for Cat and 24 for Ant. And it's been 15 games now that Cat has been back in the lineup, and he has only taken more shots than Ant in six of those 15 games. You know, part of that is the balance we were talking about before, and, you know, Ant kind of needing to find times to defer, not necessarily tonight, but generally speaking. But but another part of that 
imbalance, if you want to call it that, I guess, probably the bigger part is the way that Cat is being defended. I mean, he is being swarmed defensively, and particularly in the post. I mean, double team after double team, every possession. Tonight, Portland's coach, Terry Stotts, he would literally, you know, do one of those mouth, loud screaming mouth whistles that like a baseball coach does. He would do that would be his signal. I don't know if you if you pick this up on the TV or not, but that would be his his signal every time for a Blazers player to go over and double cat. You know, tonight might have been more aggressive. That was that was the Blazers going it all in on taking away cat. But I mean, we know this cat getting doubled is is in the post. Is, it's nothing new. I mean, for years, cat has been forced to kick out to shooters on the perimeter who oftentimes can't shoot when cats doubled and it just the nature of that that kick out not being a profitable option that just further incentivizes those teams to double team cat more and this year has been no different i mean the wolves rank third to last in the league in catch and shoot three-point percentage which again it just makes the decision easy for the defense to just keep bringing the double which keeps you know in turn cat's gonna pass out of that so it keeps cat's shot total down and I mean, over the years, this is this is again isn't new. And Cat has always said in these situations that he understands kicking out is the right move in those scenarios. Right? We know Cat is a willing passer. But as Ant started kind of going off tonight, it got me thinking about you know how there might come a time in the not so distant future where where Cat just might not need to deal with that because you know the opponent might not be able to afford to do it. And I asked Kat about that after the game. Carl, over the years, we've had this conversation a lot after games where you're just getting hard doubled like that and you just kind of have to pass it out of the post, right? And and I'm wondering if you, in your head, you see Anthony do this tonight. You got Malik coming back. You got D'Angelo coming back. Do you start thinking about a night, a game down the road where a team isn't going to be able to afford to W like that and that you are just going to have the freedom to – to work um yeah i mean it's a thought but you know at the end of the day too um that's that's what the game that's what the beauty of nba basketball is every night's a different challenge and uh that's why i'm so fortunate to play this game because every single night i get to go against the best of the best and most brilliant minds of basketball and every day i'm faced with a new challenge so tonight was a game you know tonight was a chess match where it's just being disciplined, not being youthful, like I said, just taking whatever the defense gives me. And they kept giving me uh, chances to pass it to my teammates and have them make the right play or make the shot. So, uh, like I said, I, I'm not here. I know it sounds cliche. I know it sounds, oh, he said the right thing, but it's true. I really don't give a fuck about fantasy owners. I'm here to win the game for Minnesota Timberwolves. And that today needed me to pass the ball. That's what it is. And that's what I did. And that's, you know, we had just wanted to give us a chance to win. That's that's what my job as a leader is to give us the best chance every single night to win. And tonight it wasn't like I told Ann, it wasn't for me to be special scoring, but it was for me to facilitate and, and get us everywhere around defensively and, and offensively facilitate. Doesn't it almost kind of sound like those doubles have been like burned into Cat's brain that like he almost can't fathom a world where those doubles might not come? I guess for me, for the first time in a long time, I'm thinking about it, and the Wolves are about to be in a position where their best lineup can surround Cat with shooting. 
right? Like a cat, McDaniels, Edwards, Beasley, and D'Lo lineup should be a real thing in the next few weeks. That's a tough lineup to pay tons of attention to Cat in. I mean, there are four legitimate offensive weapons around him in that scenario. All of whom are guys you probably don't want to leave open on the perimeter. And then also, I mean, we're starting to see this the bench kind of come together. And off the bench, you have Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, and you know, maybe even Wancho Ornan Gomez as guys who, you know, can plug in holes for those starters in the rotation, and they don't present a massive shooting hole themselves. So Cat could kick out to them too. I guess what I'm saying is that the days of the norm around Cat being Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi, and Trevion Graham or whatever, I mean, those are pretty much through. Like, once this team is healthy, you have a group of competent shooters where, at most, you should be playing with, you know, one non-shooter on the floor at a time. What do you call that? The Rubio, Vanderbilt, Sokogis. And, you know, thinking about this roster, thinking about it kind of coming back and eventually, maybe, knock on wood, being healthy, you know, I'm thinking about roster continuity. And, you know, obviously guys have been in and out of the lineup with injuries, not just this year, but ever since the trade deadline last season, obviously no cat. And that's made it hard for this group to kind of come together at all, right? But but at the same time, this roster's pretty much been the same for a year right now. Sure, they added Ant and McDaniels in the draft, but if you kind of go back to the trade deadline, it's it's pretty much the same roster. And and now it's been 12 months since then. And I think that's, when I talk about the change of the vibe in the team, I, I think that's not just Anthony Edwards. I think that's not just Chris Finch. I think part of that is just these guys playing together for a while longer. I, I started thinking about this during, actually, the first Blazers game, the one they lost, when, if you watch that game, you probably remember, like, Jalen Noel and Nas Reed were just kind of going off in the second half. And we Never really seen that duo play together before. They were doing it together. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that Nas and Jalen haven't done this together before. I mean, those two have been around each other for two years now. I mean, maybe not on the floor in a game, but in practice for two years, or they're with the Iowa Wolves together last year. I mean, watching them do that in a game you know, just reminded me that these guys know each other. And I think that might kind of serve, that example might kind of serve as like a microcosm for this team for just the fact that for the first time in a long, long time, the Timberwolves have had the same roster pretty much for 12 calendar months. I asked Jalen Noel about that after the game. Jalen, you're talking a lot about kind of continuity and getting to know the guys um, on the team and I guess I'm thinking about it's been like a year since the roster changed so much of the trade deadline last year in ways. Does it make sense to you that it's kind of taken a while for this group to, I guess, kind of coalesce given the roster change that's happened over your, just your time here? Yeah. I mean, it's probably like three to four players that are still on the team since I, since I've been here. So we, you know, clean house and, so we literally had to come in and, and learn each other on the fly. Um, even this year, you know what I'm saying? Like we had new guys coming in. We started to learn on the fly due to a short training camp. So 
Um, you know, it was going to take a little bit of time. And I think I think we knew that as players. Uh, well, not the young guys, the, old guy, uh, old, the older players, they think they knew. Um, but, you know, we, as young guys, kind of naive, we thought we was going to come in and everything was going to be all solid. And we were just going to come in and kill everything. But, no, nah, I mean, just, you know, we just had to stick with it because um, we knew that at some point there was going to be a it was going to be a turning point for us. I think if the Wolves really catch a rhythm here over the next month or so, like, you know, obviously that will have a lot to do with Beasley and Russell returning and, and then Ant's continued development. But I think, I think there's something to be said for the continuity. I mean, I think that's something to stand on. I think if things are better here in the second half of the season, I don't want to get too carried away with three games. But that's, that's a factor, too. That's a factor that these guys aren't all new around each other. I mean, remember at the beginning of the season just how they looked like chickens with their heads cut off, you know, trying to match up and transition defense? They had no feel for each other, and teams would just get easy transition buckets because these guys just didn't they didn't know where to go or who was where. There was no feel. That doesn't really happen much anymore. And, I mean people attribute a lot of that to Chris Finch and I think Chris Finch is doing a good job but you know that's not just been some magic dust that he's kind of sprinkled on this team over the last few games like that continuity has been happening slowly over the course of the year that's natural progression I think the magic dust is actually just time time to be around each other to actually know each other's tendencies it's been a year since as as Jalen said since they cleaned house and you know with kind of all our minds sort of naturally thinking about the trade deadline here in you know 10 days I'm, I'm curious to see how much this front office values that continuity because you know as much as people want trades like we got to remember that players go out in trades too and even if it's a player you don't you know you don't like or you want to trade they, like you do lose something in the name of continuity and this team when they gutted the roster a year ago, they they kind of went back to square one in terms of putting things together. I I just I don't think another house cleaning would be good for whatever this vibe is right now, and I think that's a I think that's a factor to consider. All right, that's all I got for tonight. The Timberwolves are two and one since the All Star break, and we'll you know we'll see if this hot start ends up being any different you know than their hot. 2-0 start at the beginning of the year. We, we know how that one went, but I don't know. I mean, this can be a test of you know how solid is whatever they're standing on. You know, this this the games this week are no joke, and you know we'll certainly test these good vibes. I mean, the Lakers on Tuesday in LA, and then a back to back in Phoenix against the Suns on Thursday and Friday night. I mean, Carmelo tonight, LeBron on Tuesday, and Chris Paul on Thursday. I mean that. The Wolves are in the banana boat gauntlet. I do want to say uh, before I go that I will be on lock, the Locker Room app uh, Monday night at uh, 5 p.m. Central Time to do another one of those live sort of Q&As um, where you can kind of come on and ask questions and everyone can hear them, and I respond. If you haven't done it before, uh, you know, I'd recommend it. It's kind of a fun way to, you know, to gather and just kind of – I guess it's kind of like a podcast, but it's a little bit more, you know, off the cuff. So – so come hop in there and ask some questions, and we will we'll chat with while the <laughs> while these vibes are high. So 5 p.m. Monday night, uh, find the link on my Twitter if you don't already have the locker room app. But until then, I'm Dane. 
Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.